a pre-qualification guarantees me I'll get the house, right, Yetta? <laughs> well, even an approval doesn't guarantee a thing. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. Hello, I'm Yetta Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. And we're excited to welcome you to another episode of Life's Inside Track, where we share techniques, thoughts, tips, tools, and even some truths that we all need. We all deserve. We can turn our house into a home where our families thrive and we can live the best life possible. So in this episode, we're going to consider that there's a pre-approval, there's a pre-qualification, and there's an approval. And what does that mean to you? Yeah, because I think we sometimes get confused I do. around mortgages and what it really means. And I'm sure that you as a consumer, somebody that's not in it day to day, would also get confused by some of the terminology because you can go on a, you know, a bank website or mortgage website and go, oh, get pre-approved just in five minutes. Five right? minutes. Not yeah. even five, maybe three yeah. minutes. And yet, what does that really mean? What have they done? Right. So a pre-approval simply is that your numbers based on the information you've provided works. Yeah. It's really that simple, right? It takes, it doesn't do a credit check. Mm -mm. There is no looking at your past history. There's no determining where your deposit or down payments coming from. There's no verification of anything. Right. So it's basically just saying, you know, based on the numbers you give, you would qualify for a mortgage of, let's say, 400000 or 600000 right. mortgage. Right? right. Like the thing you'll usually be able to put in is like your your income. It'll, it'll give you an opportunity to put in your debts and your expenses and those kinds of things related to the ratios that the financial institutions use. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't even let you put the house connected to the pre-approval. So it's really a preliminary pre-approval based on the numbers you provide. Yeah, and then we get into qualified, pre-qualified. <clears throat> and that's an interesting word because they're qualifying what you've told them and getting proof. So at that point, uh, they're going to pull a credit bureau. Right. You're going to provide pay stubs. You're going to provide a letter of employment or tax returns if you're self-employed like we are. So we don't have to provide a letter of employment, but we do have to provide our statements. P1 generals yep. and notices of assessment assessments for sometimes or two or maybe even three, three years. Yep. For several years because they want to see the uh, consistency of income, not just one year where you jacked it up to try and get yourself ready for a mortgage. So mm -hmm. they're going to do a pre-qualification on yeah. you. And now as the market's tightening, mm -hmm. prices have settled back down to approximately last year's price. About a year ago, yeah. And mortgages... The lenders are getting a little tighter. The appraisals are getting tighter. And we're seeing some, not I was going to say many, but not 
a lot, but we're seeing some where the buyer is unable to close at closing date. Right, but we're we're okay, but we're still talking pre-qualification here. I know. So at pre-qualification, that's so I guess that's what you're saying. So going in unconditional in this market is getting riskier. Very risky. And even sometimes we're the good news is because there's more properties for sale, there's less buyers bidding on some properties, some you're able to put finance conditions in. So you have some time, but it's still great to have your pre-qualification done because your mortgage lender, your mortgage broker or the bank or wherever you choose to use has all your documents in place. They're not chasing you for stuff. So it's a lot quicker because now the lender just says, okay, I need to approve with that particular house. Right. So because it slows down the process when you haven't done your pre-qualification. So pre-approval is a great first step to be able to just get your search set up, get a custom search. And if you don't have a custom search and you're in this process, you can ask us for one and we will provide one specific to you in the neighborhood. So the great news is if there's a street inside the area that you like or four streets that you don't actually want to live in those streets, we can take them out of your block which is kind of cool. We can refine it so that it you're not missing anything you would be willing to accept, but we can certainly refine it, especially geographically and a lot of other aspects. But we'll set up a custom search for you so that you can be watching the market. At that point, a pre-approval may be fine if you're six months out, a year out, as long as you know you're not going to make a decision to buy a house. And that's the difficult part because mm-hmm. sometimes you start getting some um, on that search and then suddenly there's a property you go, oh, this is my dream house. I want this one. And then you're not prepared. Right. So it's always better to start that process of the pre-qualification and get going. The other thing it does is many lenders will lock in your rate right, with a pre-qualification. Now, some of them are shorter lock-ins now with interest rates climbing Almost every six to 12 weeks, we're seeing an interest climb. So it's a great idea to lock in your rate for as long as the particular lender will allow. Right. And then you can re-lock in the rate just before you know they're going up again, too. Right? Yes. You can re... So you can kind of do it right away and then keep moving it. Now, obviously, you get the rate that's there, but if you usually we have an indication the rates are about to go up. So you can re-lock in at the lowest rate possible yeah. at that point and give yourself another generally 90 or 120 days. Sometimes yeah. there's different options the, with the, different lenders. The Bank of Canada has been very clear on what their monetary policy is going to be on interest rates. Mm-hmm. And... They also preset when they are going to make an announcement. Yeah. So it's pretty easy to know when to lock in before that happens. So we're just encouraging you to stay on top of that for you so that you get the best rate possible. And then there's the the third piece, which we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about an approval. Because I think when we talk about approvals, I certainly in the past, if I heard the word approval, that means I'm approved. That means I'm guaranteed, right? No. And, oh. and there's even with approvals, mm-hmm. there are conditions that quite often need to be met before closing something that needs to be done by you or done whatever. It might be conditional on a water pot ability if it's a country property or it might yeah. be a 
conditional on the appraisal. Um, lots of different things. And one of the recommendations I have is to seek a great mortgage broker. And we have several that are top in their field, really, really expert. And if you're thinking, hey, it's time for me to make a move, get a new mortgage, refinance, or even it's the first time I'm going to buy a property, you want to reach out to us so that we can refer you to the best mortgage broker for you. And that number to reach us at is 613-860-4663. Right. So with an approval, they have usually attached the property to the house because that's the piece that's missing with a qualification is they can't obviously attach the house until maybe the night before if you found the right one and we want to make sure before we go in unconditional. So there are things that we want to do to mitigate your risk. With an approval, recognize they're still likely going to pull a credit check right before closing. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about that later on in the, in okay, the show. Okay, but that's then, why an approval is not necessarily an assurance. 100%, that's right. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is receive guidance. And how do you do that? You ask, you listen, you consider, and you discern. And we're grateful that we're your partners in moving forward towards wisdom, wealth, and worth. I got one, Yetta. If diamonds have four C's, color, clarity, cut, and carrot, how many C's are there in credit? One. There's oh, one C in credit? Actually, actually, there's five C's to get credit. All right. So we are excited that we've been able to provide for you free access to over 587 Life's Inside Track episodes where you get insider trips. Tips, tricks too tricks, sometimes. Tricks and tips. Yeah, tips nice. and tricks. No, I don't like the <laughs> word tricks. It's techniques and thoughts and tips and tools and truths, as well as how to build generational wealth, how to get legacy working for you, and really how to make your house home. And so you get access to them from home, from the office, or on the go. In this segment, we're going to discover what it really takes to have five C's and excel at each of them. Yeah. So why would I want to have great credit? I mean, that would be a great question to ask because yes, we can tell you how to get great credit mm -hmm. and what things are measured, but why do you want it? Well, I think I want it because then I keep my options open then the possibilities for me are greater because just because I have great credit doesn't mean I have to use it. But if I don't have great credit, I can't use it. Mm. I stuck. And then I may not get preferred rates. Right. Or, or preferred or, lenders. Or, or preferred, preferred lenders. Terms. Or I may not get anything at all. But mm. even if I get something, it increases my ability to get better terms and rates and just a better overall experience. Right. So really great credit just gives me options. And costs you less right, when you buy a property. Right. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. So what's let's talk about the five C's of credit. I love mm -hmm. this. So stuff. what's the first one? Well, it's kind of weird because it's credit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's credit rate. It's credit rate. It's your credit rating. Yeah. Your score. And your credit score is made up of a, a matrix of different factors that are basically your history of repayment. You know, how, how uh, whether you pay within the time that you're given. So if it's 30 days for, you know, minimum payment of X, if you pay the minimum payment or more, 
every time that helps your credit score. Right. It's how long you've had credit cards. It's, it's um, how many you have or whether you're too high in your limit. Like if you're over 50% of your credit limit, then that can affect your score. Right. And credit score is one of the biggest things. Well, one of no. the major things that they look at. They do look at the five C's. I'm not sure they're all totally equal. Yeah, I think there's different weights on different ones. The second one that the banks and the financial lenders, whether it's a private lender or whether we're talking, and this one here is probably even heavier weight when we're talking to a private lender. Oh, private for sure. Right? Like huge. And that's the word character. What is your character, which really translates to what's your willingness to be able to pay? Yeah, and it's kind of like history again. Like, have you uh, done bankruptcy and not paid back creditors? Are you in the past late or are there's things that are defaulted or do you have judgments against you? Um, all of those things affect your character. Right. And when it comes to private lending, and even when a institution is looking for an exception, because maybe there is a blip on your credit score, and a character reference can actually even help you position, be positioned to get something that you wouldn't otherwise get. Mm. So a blip could be caused by something like a divorce mm -hmm. or a temporary sickness or injury that caused a hardship that caused you to, you know, slow down your payments on something or miss some payments. Mm -hmm. And so they'll look at your character before yeah. that and after that blip right? as an indicator, because that's probably why your credit score is down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So then they'll temper that credit score with your character. Right. And then they're looking at capacity. What is your capacity for that debt repayment? So they're really looking at your ratios. They're looking at how much income you make, how much the costs are going to be for the thing you want to buy, and also what you owe. So it's a capacity conversation. Yeah. How many other payments do you have? And, and how big are they? What percentage of your income is that? That's a capacity conversation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then there's capital. Yeah. Capital is like, how much money do you have? Where are you getting the down payment? And how big is the down payment? Mm -hmm. And then they're looking at what, what other assets do you have? Because really what this whole 5C credit conversation is, what's their risk? They're calculating their risk by loaning you money. And what's kind of weird is it, it's generally the more you put down, the less risk for the lender, the better right. the rate. But in this case... Anything under 20%, 5 to 20% to 19%, you have to buy insurance. And that costs you could be 1, 2, 3% of the mortgage amount. And what that does is it doesn't insure you. It insures the lender if you mm -hmm. default. And so they'll actually give a better rate if you have insurance because their risk is taken down to nil. Right. There are other types of insurance that you do need. Ken's just talking about mortgage protection insurance, mm -hmm. not based on death of one of the partners. No. This is, and there are Default. different companies that default, default 
uh, insurance. Mm -hmm. And so you pay for it, but it gives the bank, the financial institution that's lending you the money, the confidence that they have a buddy on their side. So it's actually easier to get financing with 5 to 19% down if we're talking straight residential. If we're talking commercial, we're having different conversations or investment yeah. property. But typically, if you had 50, 60% down, mm -hmm. the bank's going to look at it and go, ooh, we've got a lot of capital right. put in by you, so their risk is significantly reduced. Right, but – Having said that, if you've got 30 or 40% down, they're still more likely, even more likely to do an appraisal on site than they would be if you had 19% down because yeah, of the because, insuring Well, body. the insuring body is going to either do an appraisal or they're going to do a drive-by appraisal right. or they're just going to do it by neighborhood. And that's often what they do when you're looking at up to 19% down. So the fifth seat. Collateral. Right. And collateral might be other assets that you have. But typically with a mortgage, the collateral that you're signing is the actual property. So the bank wants to look at the property. Where is its location? What condition is it in? How resellable is it? Things like that. Exactly. So those are the five C's that you want to think about. You can control essentially all of them. Yeah, the collateral you can control well, by picking by the choosing. right home. Right. That's not a teardown. Right. Well, no, <laughs> but by choosing something that's great. Yeah. So you get to control them all. So we'll go a little bit deeper into that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, different lenders lend on different properties. So some will do rural, some won't. And that's one of the reasons the better your credit score, the more likely you've got to get the right lender for the type of property you want to right. buy. And if you want some help getting the right lender and getting the right broker on your side or bank, give us a call because we will make an introduction to you. We don't want to give you a blanket statement because we want to know who you are first and where you're best suited to be yeah. served. Thanks for the privilege of growing alongside you because we're passionate about all of us being positioned for generational legacy. So you bought a house. Now what? Stay the course. We're honored that for over 30 years, we've been able to come alongside you, not only selling, buying, and investing in real estate with over 3,117 families, but really coming alongside you and building your fun, your faith, and even strengthening, healing, and flourishing relationships and building your finances. Really, 30 years of building your life, your finances, and your home. So what we're going to explore in this episode is kind of a scary thing in my mind. It's mm. that thing that even once you have an approval, even once you have an agreement from the lender, what are those things that can get in the way so they unagree or unapprove you and let what can you do about it? Because there's really, there's probably like lots of things, but we're going to hit sort of the five most common that people seem to get tripped up on. Yeah, so even if you have a guaranteed approval for a specific house on your specific property and you've gotten your mortgage approval letter and you've signed off on the fulfillment that you've fulfilled your finance clause and now you've bought the house firm and maybe it's closing in 60 or 90 days, the bank or the lender still has conditions in that mortgage that they may choose to withdraw on the mortgage. They can do so right up until the time it closes. 
Most of them are in your control. Most of them. So number one, the reason I said stay in, stay the course, don't buy anything, don't change your credit history, don't like have an outstanding an amount that you didn't have, don't increase the credit limit, don't go to no buy, no pay ascent event or buy no Those ones no are great. Pay. We had a client oh. once bought all the furniture for their house. It's like mm-hmm. It was like $7,000 at the brick, and they put it on the don't pay a cent for a year. So they thought, no problem. It's not going to affect my payments for the closing. Well, guess what? That loan got registered on the mortgage bureau. Also, On the credit bureau. Yeah, on the credit bureau, sorry. And also, the other interesting thing is not only is that payment now do you have to qualify for it, but also... It was a $7,000 limit because they give you the limit exactly what you have purchased. So now you're at 100% of your credit limit on that particular loan. And that reduces your credit score for that Significantly. portion. Right. That's and a it's huge, a new, and it's and it's a new, new credit. So, Another thing. That, so st- like stay the course. Like when I said stay the course at the beginning, I'm just saying don't, don't do nothing. Don't, don't like buy breathe. anything. Don't buy a new car. Oh, please, unless you have cash for it and the cash was already accounted for and they already you already had enough down payment. If it changes nothing, maybe it's okay, but really, ideally, don't do nothing. Buy all your stuff after the after. closing. Mm-hmm. Not after the approval, after the closing. Because many banks will pull another credit check mm. right before closing. Right. They may even do another appraisal. They may. And what sometimes we've seen people do is even just have an outstanding small limit, like 50 bucks on a credit card. But the approval was based on there being no outstanding credit on any of the cards. No balances. No balances. So you actually want to have it paid off before they pull that final credit check. We had a client that it was just a couple hundred bucks. No, it was 50 bucks. $50. $50. And it delayed... Almost caused him to delay the closing. He managed to get into the bank, pay it off. And get the yeah, lender to pull It's not like he didn't credit. have $50. No, it had nothing to do with anything. And so just stay the course. And then the second one is tell the truth. Like if you've had a judgment for something. I mean, we had a judgment like 30 odd years ago when we had a, it was the, one of our first rentals and we had a disagreement about what should have been paid or what shouldn't have been paid. Yeah, there was a judgment. and Against us? Yeah, sure. Come we got cleaned that. up. Well, because it was painful for me, maybe not for you. I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, huh. and so that showed up on our credit bureau. That would have caused us not to be able to buy a piece of property if we had said there was no issue, like Ken pleading he didn't know about it, <laughs> that right there, that would have caused us cause a lot a of grief. Whereas if I would have said, hey, we've had this thing, it has been cleaned up, and here's the proof of it being cleaned up, or I have no proof of it cleaned up, can you fault like we can follow up? But as much as possible, you want to tell the truth, the whole truth, even the hard stuff. Because yeah. when you tell the truth, they can verify things and it's because as soon as they find one thing they didn't tell the truth on, even if you like plead you forgot, the problem is they don't know what yeah. else you're holding it's back. It's a skeleton in the closet. Right. And that bothers them if you disclose it I up guess. front, this is an issue, or I've had this, then it comes in the file altogether, but there aren't surprises because 
Because surprises cause them to question your character. And your integrity and your mm. pay, ability to pay back and your desire to pay back. Like it's just a, oh, I love, a rat's nest, I love right? the next one. Yeah, it's a rat's nest. I love the next one because sometimes people say, oh, I got an opportunity to get a new job. It even pays more. Now, check with your lender because First. maybe if it's in the exact same field, they'll go, okay. It's a lateral transfer. You're making more money. It's all good. But you generally go through a, um, you know, a three-month probationary period. period, and they don't like lending to people in a probationary period. Uh, the other thing is if you change careers totally, like maybe you were a nurse and now you're going to be, I don't know, a uh, flag person on construction, totally different career, they're not going to be happy with that one bit. So if you're going to make changes, even though you know it's going to increase your ability to pay, if it doesn't look good to the lender, it could cause them to pull their approval, even when you've been pre, like not pre-approved, approved. Yeah. Right? We've even had people say, hey, I'm thinking of retiring. Yeah. And I said, well, not until you have your mortgage, you don't. Right. Get your mortgage <laughs> in place, get your house closed, and then let's do it. And then the whole proof of down payment. Don't change things with your money. Like keep your money consistent. Yeah. If you're going to get a letter, get a letter. Don't change your story and don't change the source with your money. Yeah. So if you've got, you know, you need to show where the money came from. You mm -hmm. can't just have a lump of money show up in your account the month before you're going to buy a house. They need proof of where it came from. Right. And the one that gets way too many people, I've seen it a lot. And unfortunately, it happens more in the lower price range of property. Because in the lower price range of property, there could be more things wrong with the house. So even the description that the realtors put, I've sometimes called a realtor and said, we'd like to put an offer in on the property, but there are amber and or red flags all over your description. Can you please modify your description? Because if you say handyman special, if you say as value value only or as is in the main part of the description, it makes the lender go, ooh, I don't think I want to lend on that property. Mm -hmm. Right? And they can even do a visual inspection if they want to. They generally... Don't. So you still need it to be okay on the appraisal because they will do that yeah. appraisal process. So that still has to be good, but you can be red flagged and lose the ability for to be able to loan, uh, get a loan on that property. Yeah. And they may not even notice it at first. And then after they give you the approval, they see it. And now we're in trouble. Yeah. So the bottom line, have a plan B in case the appraisal doesn't come in. And we're honored to be your advocates on this journey of building wealth through real estate and a life exponential. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.